Hi, welcome to the Holesby Mark podcast show. And today I am talking to Patrick Cross, who has been hunting and researching ghosts for the last 15 years. He grew up in a haunted home with as many as 12 ghosts and spirits. Patrick currently lectures on ghosts and is called upon by the media for paranormal information, ghost investigations, psychic help in clearing ghosts and spirit. He is considered one of Canada's top authorities on the subject of ghosts, paranormal activity and the supernatural, having a degree in psychology and police sciences. Patrick has had several experiences of aliens and abduction and members of blue light enter his bedroom while he slept, only to wake paralysed, unable to move, in November 1997. He was fully awake when a beam of light passed him through the bedroom wall and he was transported to an alien ship. Since 1984, an alien implant was also found in his thumb. Patrick feels he's being tracked as many times and counted alien greys coming through his living room walls. He does not believe there is a connection between the paranormal and the aliens using the same vortex to travel through his dimension. Patrick is also leader and lead vocalist, guitarist of Sci-Fi Prodigy. Sci-Fi Prodigy performs the original eerie music in haunted houses, crop circles, UFOs, landing sites has gained a huge X-Files Star Trek fan following. Sci-Fi Prodigy has also been featured on many radio and TV shows as well as performing concerts, special events, sci-fi conventions, the band actually investigates ghosts and hauntings and all members of the band have had ghosts, UFO experiences. Sci-Fi receives 5,000 hits a day on their website. That must be painful. Listed in the top 100 on all UFO, alien, paranormal and search engines. And hi, Patrick, how are you today? Ooh, that's a big description. Um, thank you. Um, doing well, yes. Hope you are too. Right, can you tell me about your paranormal experiences? Well, I, uh, I grew up in Toronto, Canada. And um, I started at an early age, unaware of things going on of, at an early age because I was living, I grew up in a haunted house. And uh, ironically, the house was uh, in the northern part of Toronto, but it's uh, on a street called uh, Ludgate, which you might be familiar with in London, England. And Ludgate was associated uh, in London, of course, all the way to Stonehenge. So... Um, being a house that was uh, was was finished or, or built already, half built, uh, there was a family that lived in the house, and uh, the house was uh, automatically or suddenly up for sale. So my father, this was in the late 60s, uh, thought this was a great deal. Why is this so cheap? And in those days, you didn't really have to disclose if anything was happening or if there were murders or somebody got killed. You know, it wasn't really defined back then so my father bought the house and uh, later on we found out that the uh, family that lived there uh, were uh, were killed by the daughter's boyfriend the, the mother and the father were killed chopped up other bodies and the daughter the boyfriend's girlfriend uh, was also killed and chopped up and he was later arrested and charged uh, for murders, and then uh, he had left body parts and th- throughout the house, which, unaware at the time, we didn't know anything about, and that's where all the things started on to go crazy. 
Uh, we they found some of the body parts, but not the rest. And it was a pretty sensational thing back in those days. Uh, became newsworthy, and from there on. So my father was Christian, strong, a strong Christian. Didn't really believe in ghosts. Didn't care, and just things started happening at an early age. I started hearing bangs and noises, footsteps, doors moving, cold spots, everything that anything that now people have experienced. But in those days, in the 60s and 70s, uh, you couldn't talk about it to anybody. You couldn't go to anyone. Did, did you did yep did you feel scared at the time? I was. It started off mildly, but I got I got more and more scared as things happened. Um, we would find like blood in the um, fruit cellar, basically meaning that my mother would go downstairs trying to get things out jars and see blood dripping down out of nowhere. It would be on the floor and then it would just disappear. And then uh, would come back again when she'd wipe it up. So things started getting uh, bizarre. I, I lived there from, uh, I guess, when I was about 11 till 19 years of age. And um, you can't really move. You can't really go anywhere when you're a kid or a teenager and it's your father's home and he rules with an iron fist. So, yeah, I got pretty scared. I didn't know what to do. And um, things started happening uh, uh, in my room and, Movement, sounds, voices, uh, pulling, tugging your hair, touching you, you know, uh, later on punching, and it got really dramatic for, uh, for the whole family. Now, on your many investigations, what is one of the weirdest or strangest ones you've ever come across? Hmm. Well, I've, I've had experiences with demonic, but I prefer to mostly do ghosts and paranormal, like hauntings, so... Um, there's been many cases where things have happened, like, that I cannot explain, like, mostly, uh, keys moving, uh, things disappearing out of your pockets, you have something in your pocket that would disappear, and you look in your pockets, it wasn't there, it was there again. Um, dramatically, I'd say I was scared because I was, you know, demonly attacked, shall I say, ghostly attacked, uh, uh, punched, kicked, um bitten by, by demonic entities, so uh, a lot of that was pretty scary. Now, you've also mentioned about aliens and abductions. How did that feel at the time? Could you explain a little bit more about that? <laughs> I think there's a connection to that. So that all started back in uh, the early, late, sorry, late 1900, 1907, sorry, 1980s. Um, I think there's a connection between the paranormal and, shall we say, aliens or entities. Uh, it started happening as I was uh, uh, sensitive, and um, I believe that like, like through my marriage it was also stressful. A lot of stress and uh, negativity brought that along, and that's basically uh, it, it attracted to me. So uh, alien stuff, I, I don't... It got worse. I, I think because my my father was also working with NASA. He also worked with um, high classified information. He worked with documents and things that were uh, eyes only, and things that related to um, you know uh, secrets, secret I guess building and engineering of crafts and 
he had blueprints of UFOs and he was uh, helped design the Avro Arrow as well as the hovercraft. So there might have been a connection there. I, I believe, you know, he knew things and he could never talk about and maybe it was passed down to me. I started seeing things following me and eventually as I was posting things on the early days on the internet, they, I would basically told to cease and desist uh, by men, I believe men in black or somebody would come and see you and they had a license plate, nothing on cars and they would um, basically come and then talk to, or try to talk to you and then disappear. Um, the actual abduction things, it just happened. I think it just occurred. So, I mean, my first one was really more or less, I, uh, I don't know how to even describe it because I was in my, in my bedroom and uh, I saw a giant blue light come in. And at the time, it was like a negative activity as well, because I was having fights and arguments with my wife. And it was about 2.30 in the morning, and this huge blue light just came flying in. Bang, and it was a giant sound, like a something powering down. And all I all I know is I, 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 I was being lifted off the bed. I was frozen. I couldn't move. And my, my wife couldn't, they couldn't wake her up. I couldn't talk. And I was basically going right through the wall. Um, that's all I kind of remember that all that happened. And then the next thing you know, I woke up in the morning uh, naked and all leaves all over me on the ground, on the floor, as if I'd been running around outside in the park or something. So it was pretty, pretty sensational. And it just uh, more things occurred after that. So I think I had some kind of an implant put in me. I don't know. I was always being tracked now for every couple of days things were happening. How did you find out about the implant? Um, I actually blew it out of my nose. <laughs> I woke up one in a couple morning. There was something really tight in my nose. If you know you have something there and you just it, it's it's there. You don't know what it is, and you think it's like stuck or something. And I went. Uh, it was just something heavy in my in my na nasal passage. Went to the washroom and I was trying to blow it out, and I blew it out. And uh, it was interesting. A metal ball fell out of my out of my nose all blood everywhere, of course, and it went down the drain, so I didn't save it. <laughs> but I definitely heard the clang, so it was just, that, that was bizarre for me. Because I, I read, a, um, I saw a thing on Netflix called Patient 17 or something like that, and that was about um, uh, alien implants, and I found that very fascinating, because they did, they did, they took a piece out, and they did actual scientific tests, and they proved it wasn't a metal they knew of as such. They wouldn't go as far as say it was alien, but they did say it was a metal they hadn't come across. Well, the other thing that confirmed a lot of this was I also previously was in a park, uh, I don't know, Gonkin Park, that's north of Toronto, uh, where people, you know, it's like cottage area, and um, I was, we were, you know, putting beer cans and wine bottles and water to cool it off with a hot summer day. I put my hand in the water and something came on my, something moved around. It was very white and big and just bit my finger. It was like a little, like a, a sting or something, like a pinprick. I didn't think it, I, it hurt and I just pulled my arm back and it just felt really weird. And I could feel something in my finger going in. And there, from there on, I had an implant, and uh, I don't know what it was. I kept trying to get it out, and it would go in more, and then I would go to the 
doctors and they actually took an x-ray and said they, there was something in there and it was like a little filament receiver of some sort and they couldn't get it out and the more I tried to get out the more I was in pain so for the next five or six years everything was just following me around and I, I couldn't get rid of it I actually got x-rays and at the time also went down to Los Angeles to meet up with Roger Lear who was pretty famous at the time for uh, you know definitely confirming abduction abducted people and he confirmed the, uh, the um, x-rays and he said there was an implant in my finger so that was pretty amazing at the time and he had the x-rays and uh, we got a lot of confirmation he was strictly involved with helping people who were abducted and things that were going on well I agree with your theory that aliens and ghosts and all that are linked as well as, well as cryptids because I find I mean this is not a science what, um, thing but when I've done lots of um Re, uh, re- research a lot of them le- le- end up on ley lines that, that's true too yes and I find that's very fascinating because uh, I've, I've talked to other people and they agree that this is happening but there doesn't seem to be much research into this um I there's a, well, I live in Burlington Ontario so I mean there is a whole area of ley lines that go around the lake and to the city hall. And, and we've confirmed that. And again, one of the history makers that lived in Burlington, uh, lived his house, uh, Joseph Brandt, was on a ley line, which could be miles across, miles away. You know, they're mostly found all over the world in uh, South America and the Incas everywhere. So um, they can be five miles long, they can be 10 miles wide. They're supposed to be. Uh, journey or travels paths of the dead that that they, they, they attract like they're highly magnetized and they attract uh, ghosts and spirits and I believe aliens too well there is a theory that um, angels are aliens I have heard that theory yeah I mean I, <clears throat> I, I don't know if it's related like interdimensional you know, I've seen portals where things come in and out again. I've heard ripping of the air. Uh, in my more alien abduction experience, I literally hear air ripping apart. And you could hear somebody talking and going right through a wall. And I've got a lot of that on EVPs, electronic voice phenomena recordings, um, which which document these things that would happen. And then there might there was, you know, maybe the appearance of ghosts or something else was moving around. And it would just come in and then disappear again. Now, like me, I, I, um, I don't, well, this is my simple time theory, travel theory. It's not uh, proven time theory, travel theory, because we are time traveling at the moment. Because I am in the future, you are in the past, and I think people, I think people miss this sometimes. Don't I think we've misunderstood. What time travel's about sometimes? Yeah, you're you're, um, you're like five five hours ahead, right? Yeah. So time now here is five twenty nine, and I think here's what ten thirty. Yeah, that's correct. Right. So exactly same thing. When I was when I went to Reno, uh, Las Vegas for Christmas, it was the three hour difference. So I traveled back in time <laughs> from the time I started, ended up at the same time 
there when I left. So you're right. You can. I think it. Well, we travel all over the place, you know, on air airplanes. But I mean, it's probably a form of transfer of air tra time travel. Yeah, I, 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 as I say, he's not a proven complex theory. You know, somebody out there probably say that be silly. You're talking absolute toss, but I don't mind. You know. Uh, I I also have a lovely theory. I always uh, like to do to some people. It's like um, it's like one of my controversial theories about God. Are you ready? Okay. okay. God is schizophrenic. <laughs> now, uh, how do you define that? Sorry. Uh, well, here he goes. Right. We are born both good. And bad, so, so therefore, God, we are meant to be made in God's image. So I think God has a struggle, internal struggle in his brain between good and bad. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, we we have free will, though. Yeah, I, I That's think why God doesn't interfere. Right? Yeah, I think He gave us free will because basically He wanted us to. You want you to us up. <laughs> well, everybody else they kill each other off, you know. <laughs> I think so. Um, it's like. But uh, ideally, ide I, sorry, ideally though, um, it's a hard definition to define. You know that the alien concept, the UFO concept. Uh, that's why more for many years now I've been more into the. Paranormal hauntings, because obviously when somebody dies and passes, it's their spirit. <clears throat> so that makes more sense than trying to figure out if, if somebody's going to abduct you or take you away. But the only reason I got into paranormal, because I wasn't um, interested in paranormal before, is I have had a near-death experience in my life. And that's what got me more into the paranormal field. Okay. God, I have it, but again, if you've, you've experienced it and you know what it, what it is, it makes you more want to know, you know, probably that meaning of that and the meaning of life as well. Well, I believe was that I touched, like, my version of hell, heaven. I believe that when you die, you are sent to your version of heaven or hell, depending where you go. I think it's what you interpret it as. I don't think so there's... You like, can actually imagine... You could, you could actually imagine the good or the bad take on that persona? I think so. I mean, it's not... I, 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 that's what I felt. I mean, it's like... It, um, I can't explain it because um, basically I was in a coma. I was in a coma for three weeks because I had a blood sugar count of one, two, four. Um, and whilst I was in my coma, I didn't. I heard a woman's voice that I've never heard before or since. I have had. I had the most overwhelming feeling I have ever ever had to wake up. Now I know people can explain the science bit. They can say it was my brain, but I seriously believe it was my guardian angel. And I also know that when I was in my coma, I was not in the real world or the next realm. And that's why you could tell me. Did you, you could, could you look over your body? 
did you look over your body or sense what was going on? No, I couldn't. Outside of the coma. No, I couldn't sense that. I'll have to admit that. But I definitely heard a voice. All I could sense was darkness. But I don't. I think I was just hovering. If you know what I mean. And and when I came out, yeah, I, I probably be, probably in between uh, ethereal worlds, maybe you want to call it. I don't know. Yeah, I I, I, I and I I think I came out. With, I can sometimes smell strange things and sense something. Not, I mean, I'm not fully on. You know, I'm not claiming I've got any special gifts or anything. But I, I, I sometimes think I'm being haunted. I, I, because sometimes um, my podcasts, they, they suddenly electrical interference and all sorts of weird and wonderful stuff happens. Well, you know, nowadays ghosts can relate or or use equipment, electrical equipment, to come through quite easily. So there's been many cases people saying it's coming through their phones, or coming through their TVs, uh, audio. You know, all kinds of things now where where they can use that as a as a conduit and come right through, right? Do you think it's because they basically are some sort of electrical energy that we haven't fully understood yet? I think so. Um, in a lot of my cases, I've always heard of buzzing. In a lot of cases, where before. You know, there was that activity or something came through. So, for example, uh, I was in a hotel, which was actually an actual jail back years ago. We were doing an investigation. It was turned into a hotel, and we would hear in the rooms buzzing all over the place, like in the ceiling, and then zap, it would go right through our phone and come through. And it was electrical, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, that was... a Defining point because I never think that it would come through the phone or use the phone as an electrical device to to uh, you know to manifest. Yeah, I, I. What do you think, in your opinion, ghosts probably are? I think. Well, again, it's an extension of our soul. Now I don't know how to measure that, but you you probably know that. When somebody dies, the weight of the body and the soul go out. So scientists believe that the soul weighs about two pounds. Now, I don't know how that can be defined, if it's water or density or what. But, I mean, obviously there's some energy factor that's determining that, that can make it, how can it live, how can it move, how can it, you know, consciously think if there's no body and no mind. You know, you've just got this ball of orb or light. So I, that's the defining thing that I find interesting. And how can it be maybe intelligent enough or how can a voice talking, building up energy to, to say something that you can pick up and record? Yeah, I think what they're trying to do, they're trying to talk from, obviously, from the other side. And sometimes they find it hard to communicate with us because of the barrier between us. It's sometimes harder to, for them to communicate to us than us to communicate with them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you can sense the the, the energy of the, stri- the the strain if they're trying to communicate. And most of the time, it's very low frequencies. Uh, the human voice is roughly 128, 
you know, 120,000 hertz um, up to 200,000 hertz. So they would lose that power to project. And you most finally, most ghost EVPs are recorded within 200 hertz, uh, 200 and 300 hertz, maybe even 100 hertz. That's why I like um, the paranormal, like you said. There's so many fascinating things you come across that I've heard and spoken to people about. And I'm learning more all the time. I, I always consider myself a student because I started off in the world of cryptozoology. Right. Yeah, I mean, I've said that on many shows, you know, because um, you're always learning. There is no, you know, we learned it, we got it all until something else happens. So we're all students. And uh, if you don't want to learn, then you're stuck by believing your beliefs, I guess. Now, I was discussing the other day that, I, I mean, I can't physically go on a uh, investigation because of my disabilities. But I was saying, I wonder if it would be, with all the technology we've got now with um, phones and tablets, that we should, there should be like some sort of virtual uh, ghost investigation sites you could go to. So you, you're not physically there, but you're there, you can watch it all, or interact in some way. I guess you could do, well, people sell houses, so they do a virtual tour, right? So I, I'm sure if you incorporated that with audio, you know, that could be working. No, I think it's worth seeing it done much. No, I think it's worth someone trying to look into it. Because there must be loads of people like me that would love to do it, but they obviously physically can't and they would like to be involved in some sort of way. If you could immense yourself there on a three hundred and sixty degree, you know, panoramic view and able to walk through the rooms as you can and then sense and see things I think that would be very good that'd be amazing I think that would help the investigation as well because sometimes you're so entrenched in what you're doing you may miss something yeah you don't have uh, eyes in the back of your head right you're only visually picking up what you see in front and if you hear something behind you, you turn around and you missed it, so you're right. It's you need other people there to, to verify, and you shouldn't really have to if something's happening, right? Do Do you mind sharing your investigations? I know there are certain groups. I won't mention them, but they they get a bit funny about it. Oh, it's uh, oh we can't show you our our location because we we don't want people to know what's happening or where it is. I don't, I don't mind sharing it because I've, you know, sharing is learning, so I don't mind doing that. I don't mind helping people. Yeah, I think that's what so we should do. You know, it's, it, it, I think people get upset because they think it's their spot and their thing and they don't want to do it. And that's usually what happens. No, I know you do. You do. Um, oh, carry on, sir. Sorry. Go ahead. I was, I was going to say. I like I, I like the fact you do something else in your life. That I I got a passion for music as well. I like to sing and write songs, so I can appreciate this. 
I like the fact that you've got a group called Sci-Fi Prodigy. And I do like the fact that you say about the X-Files and Star Trek following. Because I got well, the... I got we, turned, we turned it into an entertainment event, uh, incorporating theme songs and soundtracks and band stuff and music and, you know, rock orchestra. So it was a lot of fun, you know. For a time, we kind of stopped because there was no interest, and then it got more interest again, and then we play, and then we don't play. So we do a lot of weird, weird places like theaters. We do. We even played in the cemetery, believe it or not. <laughs> do you enjoy that part of it? Do, do you do, do you people, when you get together, do you really sort of like get the vibe from the place? Oh, yeah, I... I I believe it's energized the goats. I don't know what they like it. I, we've been there trying to play and then try and record their reaction, you know, from tombstorms or graves to see what happens. And we get a lot of things. We've even had, this is, sounds weird, but ghosts humming along to things or they like certain things. The music, I think, is defined. It's an international frequency. So I don't think... Nobody could ever not like it. Well, I think music is one of those things, like, everyone has a song that they relate to with a family member or an event in their life. or it, it. They say it's their private song. Obviously, it's not their private song initially, but they can connect with the lyrics of a song. Yeah, correct. And it, it's like if you... I, don't know, I, I find it interesting because I've done it more for... Let's see what happens in experiment. I I really wanted to define the limits and, uh, you know, put microphones in a cemetery and use amplifiers and bang the crap out of a guitar and see what it does. You know, or play a nice acoustic guitar. I don't, you know, it's, 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 it's so a different concept to imagine, to, 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 in, to put it in motion. I just think the idea, I like the concept, I think, I think it's really cool. I know. I know that you. Definitely different. I mean, I know you mentioned in your file, and I know you haven't probably got around to it yet. That he was going to, in the process of writing a book, but obviously, as I know, when I write my own stories, it's quite hard to write. Write suddenly write something because it's quite a, um, cathartic and mind-draining process. Well, the, um, yes, I mean, I'm working on, like, another book right now, but, I mean, it's more about demonic encounters and things like that. But, I mean, the book that came out with a lot of these accounts um, is just recently put on my website called um, uh, The Extraterrestrial Connection. And... We actually put that out in 2005, so there's accounts of real things going on and actual other musicians, like Elvis Presley, everybody thought he was an alien, and uh, John Lennon, who saw a UFO. So these were all real accounts documented and put into this book, and then I was fortunate to be in it, um, which is kind of cool. It was, you know, it's a rock and roll extraterrestrial paranormal book. Yeah, I think I'll get the, I'll look it up. Well, if you send me the link, I'll read a chapter for it. For yeah, it's on, it's on it's 
on my page and never enough. You go to Patrick Cross. Um, I mean, it's right there, Patrick Cross Ghosts, on Facebook, and it's uh, it's on Amazon. You can buy it, and it's quite phenomenal. I didn't, I didn't even know that it was it was republished because in 2005, publishers, gallery publishing, I think in the in the U.S. took it up, and then it fizzed out, and then. Um, Another company uh, published it, and it became very favorable. I think it sold over 50,000 copies, as far as I know, in the U.S. Wow. Uh, just on the, the whole matter of the whole matter of everything being inside. Of the, the, you can't even find all this information. Um, so it's, it was done by Michael Luckner, or Luckman, sorry, and um, it's on Amazon.ca, and you can buy it. No, oh, cool. I definitely will look that up. I'm... I, I like to, um, well, I, I, I sometimes read chapters of people for the book, for book, for people, just to, so, so that people can get the feel of the book. Right, well, the, there's actual excerpts on the uh, website, so you don't have to buy it. You can actually read it. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I sent, I think I sent you one, one I did for your, um, that lady use. I can't remember her name now. Maria... Hola, hola, yeah, yeah. The lady that killed all the killed the. Oh yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Carl Hamoka, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was one one of my earlier first things I've done. Well, when it got into all that stuff. Yeah, it seems a very bizarre case, especially when you say they lost, apparently lost the news articles and the court <coughs> articles. I wonder if there's someone somewhere, there's obviously an element of truth in there somewhere they don't want people to know about. Um, I honestly don't know. I mean, if you follow the story at all, I mean, it was a phenomenal, sadly, a murder, two murders that were the most famous ones in Canada. No, I never heard of it until I read about it in your... your um, Facebook page, obviously, because a living over here in the UK, it probably didn't make as much headway. Um, it, it was a, it was a phenomenal, like you know, story you can find up about. Look at punch it up anywhere, and you'll see uh, the documentation. There's a couple books about it too, as well. It was a famous murder case, a sex killing case, basically. Yes, very fascinating. Uh, I'm I've done um I um well you may not know I do I do a bit of horror hosting, and I recently and I recently done an episode about killer clowns. Yeah, I saw something of that. Yeah, and um some of the some of the things I've come across it was quite shocking. I thought, wow. This, this is a real person who dressed as a clown and killed 33 people and had body parts in various parts of his garden. Oh, wow. Nice guy. <laughs> that, that was inspired by Stephen King. As well. I mean, he took a lot of the real stories and put it together, right? Yeah, it, it, very clever, actually. Because I think the best way to write is to base it on something you know about. Or a real thing, and just basically twist it and turn it. Yes, I mean it was. 
I mean, if people want to look it up, please look it up. I think his name is John Wayne Gray. Gray? Gray? Oh, yeah, John, uh, John Wayne Gracie. That's it, yeah. I remember the John Wayne bit because I'm a fan of John Wayne, so that's how I remember the John Wayne bit. Now, now I have a, a strange other theory. Now, this may sound a bit odd. Now, when you watch a film say someone like John Wayne or other actors are available. Um, I think that when you watch the film, that some in the capture of a film, there is still is the essence of the person that's been captured in the film. And I think it is could be possible to have an EVP reading from an old film. Because I was going to do this with someone else, but unfortunately they couldn't do it because um, they were ill at the time. But I, I thought it was a fascinating thing to look into. We chose to, a couple of films, like, obviously people that knew about like um, the one who was used to be in Fast and Furious, uh, Walker or something, I can't remember his name, and Brittany somebody, and... Uh, and um, we thought if we choose two two actors that people have heard of, they could watch the film and do their own sort of private EVP readings and see what they get. I mean, if he got nothing, fine. If he prove if it proves to be complete hogwash, I don't mind because at the end of the day, theory is theory. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I heard there was. Do well, you remember the days when Alfred Hitchcock was doing films? There was all kinds of activity from that. Yes, that I mean... Up, uh, things in, in the theatres. If you watch the film The Birds, I think that's one of the scariest horror films you can watch. Because it also... He didn't... He... It didn't work unless he had the music. If you remember Psycho, right? With the, with the shower scene. If he didn't have the music, he didn't want the movie put out. Yeah, but he, he's obviously new... The power of music and film go together quite well. Yes, I believe so. I mean, the most famous film I always think if I hear the do 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 the old omen theme, you start having shivers down your spine. Is there anything that you like to do that you haven't done in your paranormal field or that you, you like somewhere you really like to do is um, go investigate or research? I, I'd like to... I'd like to... Um, uh, probably do... Well, I'm doing that now. I'm at lecturing and everything else. So I'd probably write more books, <laughs> probably write more, save more things and a lot of papers and get the word out and try to share a lot of experiences. 
Do you enjoy lecturing? Yes. Because I imagine you can get, I imagine your lectures are pretty popular. As they were saying in America, I, you get bums on like, seats. I like, I like telling, well, I like telling people, you know, my experiences and stories and hauntings and even training, teaching people about equipment. So I think, you know, if you, what's the good of it if you're going to keep it all to yourself, you know? I we're do like... need to share, and that's how the word gets out. I think that's the most important thing. Do you ever find that, that your degree in psycho... Ecology and police sciences helped more in your investigations in some way? I, yes, I think I, oh, I didn't go in for that reason to go look for ghosts, put it that way, but I felt it was defining for sure. I mean, it helped me out to be more aware, especially with, uh, I did work with police forensics for a while too. At one point. Yeah, I think so that those skills... You're defining... You know, oh, you're also defining somebody who died, right? Yeah. And I've gone, you know, visited morgues and all that kind of thing and seeing the actual, you know, body parts and things. So what I was doing a couple of years ago, we worked with... Um, we were quite fortunate to work with a uh, crime scene investigation team that would go and clean up all the bodies after they were murdered. Oh, lovely. And uh, that that made me more aware. I mean, I got, you know, got sick. <laughs> it was hard to handle that, but that made me more aware of what was happening. And we, we'd literally be on the scene, seeing that somebody who killed themselves or hung themselves or with all the blood and all the parts coming off their bodies. So um, when you firsthand experience it, then you know it's it becomes real, real, as opposed to seeing it on TV. Yes, yes. Because, I mean, I know a lot of people, when they see um, investigations on the tele- television, obviously for television purposes, they don't give you the fact that they may have been there days, weeks, months, years, before even anything come up and said, hi, I'm here. For sure, yeah. I mean, we've been at places where the body was, you know, rotting and decomposing, and we go in and... You just have this giant, you know, smell, the body rotting, and then you're, you're actually there investigating, and then and that's how you find them. So it's just, it's, it's phenomenal, but it's, it's, it's sick. It's sickening to you because if, you know, you're now seeing a person who, you know, was alive and now they're dead, of course, with, with all the things going on. It's not somebody who just died in a funeral. A big difference between seeing somebody in a casket you know, they're all made up, as opposed to somebody who's been killed or, or, or sliced their hands or sliced their arms and, you know, bled to death. That's a big difference. Now, I'm going to ask, well, obviously, while you're doing this, did you ever sense a presence when you was there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. When we were, like, on two occasions, I could sense the, the, the I, I guess, the spirit of the ghost of the guy who died was hanging around the body. He literally had died in a couch. All his blood, all his parts, I mean, all his fluids were leaking under the couch. But 
I could definitely sense the presence of him not not wanting to leave the body. You know, he could definitely have your presence for sure. Now, I always like to ask my guests, because I like to do a unique sign-off. Would you like to do a unique sign-off? Sure. It's your choice what you wish to do. You can... Whatever, no, whatever you wish to do. No, I, I'm, I'm here to uh, have people listen and learn and give them information and help. And I'm always available if they want to email me or ask questions. So I, I love talking and anything I can do for you to help and get that point across. Okay, right. This is mine to you, Patrick. Are you ready? <clears throat> Just clear my voice. Sure. Don't, don't scare the heck out of me. That's all right. I don't, I don't. Hello, Patrick. Thank you for being on my show. We talked about paranormal and UFO. I hope you see you write that book. And one more. I would like to see some more. I'll read the book you recommend. I'll see you soon. I wish I could reform with your group. Sci-Fi Prodigy. It would be great to see what we could do together. So thank you, my friend, for being on my show from Holes V Mark Podcast Show. That's amazing, thank you. That's okay. And oh, would you like to give any would you like to give any links before we go? Uh yes, my main my main web page, sorry, is uh BurlingtonGhostWalks.ca. You can punch it up anywhere on the internet. And you can also find me on the Facebook, Patrick Cross Ghosts. Uh, so I'm always there. And, of course, just to mention, uh, I think you're getting the show now, Haunted Case Files in the, in the U.K. and London. And it's a big, big show. It's got on our second season. I've been featured on that. So it's doing very, very well. And I think it's being broadcast now in England and Europe. So it's... Uh, out of Canada, and it's on Travel Channel in the U.S. I don't know what it's on over there, but it's, uh, I think it's called the Ghost Investigators. It's the same show, but it's, uh, instead of say, calling it Haunted Case Files, it's called Ghost Investigators in, in, in Britain and Europe there. Well, I'd like to thank you for being my guest and giving your time of day. I always appreciate that people do this for me. Because, you know, you get some, you get a weird message from me saying, Hi, I'm Mark from the whole Zoofy Mark podcast show. Would you like to be in my show? And you think, Hi, who's this weird guy? And then, then I send you some weird, wonderful messages, or some cartoons, or even do send, me, send you some horror host bits, just to prove that I'm alive and kicking, and I am, as to be good call in Britain, a bit eccentric. Well, no, no, that's okay. I, I, I like it. I mean, I like it all. You cannot define eccentric. We're all the same, you know? It's just how you, uh, per, 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 you know, per, uh, think of things, how you portray it to see. Well, I, I thank you, my friend. Uh, I, I shall uh, stop at this bit now, and let's stop that.